Hey everyone, and welcome to the Curious Dragon podcast. So, we ended Vampires Part 1 with the multiple ways of how to kill a vampire. So now, on to Vampires Part 2. Ancient Beliefs Tales of supernatural beings consuming the blood or the flesh of the living have been found in nearly every culture around the world for many centuries. The term of vampire did not exist in the ancient times, so the blood drinking and similar activities were attributed to demons or spirits who would eat flesh and drink blood. Even the devil was considered synonymous with the vampire. Almost every culture associates blood drinking with some kind of a revenant or demon, or in some cases a deity. In India, tales of Vetalas, who are ghoulish beings that inhabit corpses, have been compiled in the Vetal Pachisi. In the Katna Sarit Sagara, sorry for the pronunciation, a prominent story tells of King Vikram Adeteya and his nightly quest to capture an elusive one. Pisaka, again sorry for the pronunciation, the returned spirits of evildoers or those who died insane also bear vampiric attributes. The Persians were one of the first civilizations to have tales of blood-drinking demons. Creatures attempting to drink blood from men were depicted in excavated pottery shards. In ancient Babylonia and Assyria, both places had tales of the mythical Lilithu, synonymous with and giving rise to Lilith and her daughters, the Lilu from Hebrew demonology. Lilithu was considered a demon and was often depicted as subsisting on the blood of babies and... Estri's female shape-shifting blood-drinking demons were said to roam the night among the population seeking out victims. According to Sefer Hasidim, the Estri's were created in the twilight hours before God rested. If an Estri was injured, they could be healed by eating bread and salt this given to the estuary by her attacker. In Greco-Roman mythology, it described the Empusi, the Lamia, the Mormo and the Strigs. The, and over time, the first two terms became general words to describe witches and demons, respectively. Empusa was the daughter of the goddess Hecate, and was described as a demonic, bronze-footed creature. She also feasted on blood by transforming into a young woman, and then seduced men as they slept before drinking their blood. The Lamia preyed on young children in their beds at night, sucking their blood, as did the Gelo. Like the Lamia, the Streaks also feasted on children, but also preyed on adults too. 
they were described as having the bodies of crows or of birds in general and were later incorporated into Roman mythology as streaks, who is a kind of nocturnal bird that fed on human flesh and blood. Medieval and later European folklore The many myths surrounding vampires originated during the medieval period. The 12th century British historians and chroniclers Walter Mapp and William of Newborough recorded the accounts of revenants through records in English legends of vampiric beings. After this date are scant. The Old Norse Druga is another medieval example of an undead creature with similarities to vampires. Vampiric beings were rarely written about in Jewish literature. The 16th century rabbi David ben Solomon Ib Abi Zimra would write of an uncharitable old woman whose body was unguarded and unburied for three days after she had died and then rose as a vampiric entity killing hundreds of people. The rabbi linked this event to the lack of a smura after death and the corpse could be a vessel for evil spirits. Two of the earliest historical recordings of vampire activity in Europe can be found in the Neblock Chronicle from the 14th century. For the year of 1336, he mentions a shepherd named Mislata from Blov. He died and was buried, but he did not stay in the grave. So each evening he walked around like normal, spoke to people as if being alive and was also scaring them. But soon he started killing the people and if he had stopped by someone's home and then called out their name, the named person died in eight days. So the people of several villages decided to exhumate him and burn the body. During the process, he let out a loud scream. Then someone stabbed him with a stick and a lot of blood came out of the wound. Finally, after he was burned, all of the evil events then stopped. The second case happened in 1344. Neplak writes about a woman from Levin who, after being buried, came back and killed several people and then she danced on the bodies. Once that she was exhumated and then a stake was put through her, blood started pouring out of her as if she was still alive. She also ate her clothes and once removed from her mouth, the cloth was bloody as well. But even after all that, she was still going after and attacking villagers and so they then decided to burn her, so they buried her. However, the wood just wouldn't catch fire until they used pieces of the church roof to start the fire. So both of these cases were later mentioned in the book Magica Posthuma by Carl Ferdinand Schurz, 1704. 
that intended to denounce the widespread folk belief in vampires. Vampires properly originating in folklore were widely reported from Eastern Europe in the late 17th and the 18th centuries. These tales formed the basis of the vampire legend that would later enter Germany and England where they were subsequently embellished and popularised. An early recording of the time came from the region of Istria in modern Croatia in 1672. Local reports described a panic amongst the villagers inspired by the belief that Juri Grando had become a vampire after dying in 1656. Local villagers claimed that he returned from the dead and then began drinking blood from the people and also sexually harassing his widow. The village leader ordered a stake to be driven through his heart and later his corpse was also beheaded. 18th century vampire controversy During the 18th century there was a frenzy of vampire sightings in Eastern Europe with the frequent stakings and also the grave diggings all to identify and kill the potential revenants. And even the government officials engaged in the hunting and staking of vampires. So despite being called the Age of Enlightenment, during which most of the folkloric legends were quelled, the belief in vampires had increased dramatically and this resulted in a mass hysteria throughout most of Europe. The panic began with an outbreak of alleged vampire attacks in East Prussia in 1721 and also in the Habsburg monarchy from 1725 to 1734, which this spread to other localities. Two infamous vampire cases, the first to now be officially recorded, involved the corpse of Peter Blugajovic and Milos Cesar from Serbia. Blagovicevic was reported to have died at the age of 62, but he allegedly returned after his death asking his son for food. When the son refused, he was found now dead the following day. Blagovicevic supposedly returned and attacked some of his neighbours who died from loss of blood. In the second case, Milos, an ex-soldier now turned farmer, was allegedly attacked by a vampire years before, died while, while out haying. After his death, people now began to die all in the surrounding area, and it was widely believed that Milos had, had come back, returned to prey on the neighbours. Another infamous Serbian vampire legend recounts the story of a certain Sava Savanovic, who lives in a watermill and kills and drinks the blood from the millers. The two incidents were well documented. Government officials examined the bodies, wrote the case reports and then published books throughout the Europe. The hysteria commonly referred to the 18th century vampire controversy raged on for a generation. 
the problem was exasperated by the rural epidemics of so-called vampire attacks, also undoubtedly caused by the higher amount of superstition that was present in village communities with locals digging up the bodies and also, in some cases, staking the bodies. Dissertations on Vampirology in 1597, King James wrote a dissertation on witchcraft titled Demonology, in which he wrote that the belief that demons could possess both the living and the dead. Within his classification of demons, he explained the concept through the notion that incubi and succubus could possess the corpse of the deceased and walk the earth. As a devil borrows a dead body, it would seem to so visibly and naturally to any man who converses with them that any substance within the body would remain intolerably cold to others which they abuse. In the year 1645, the Greek librarian of the Vatican, Leo Alaticus, produced the first methodological description of the Balkan beliefs in vampires. In 1652, the Volashian sorry for pronunciation, Matai Basarab passed the first law that mentioned the belief in vampires called Indreptaria Li, the right making of the law. In English, the paragraph contains the opinion and the recommendation of the patriarch over the deceased, which they will learn to be strigoi, which is called virocolacas, which needs to be done. The patriarch describes the strigoi sightings, especially the blood on the long time deceased body as demonic, deceiving and forbids anyone, especially the clergy, from desecrating the graves or burning the bodies of the dead, calling it a sin for which they will end up in hell. Even though it was not permitted to desecrate the grave of the dead person in any way or to burn the dead body, the patriarch offered some remedies in the event of such demonic apparitions. From 1679, Philippe Ruhr devotes an essay to the dead who chew their shrouds in their graves. This is a subject that resumed by Otto in 1732 and then by Michael Ranft in 1734. The subject was based on the observation that when Digging up graves, it was discovered that some of the corpses had at some point either devoured the interior fabric of the coffin or their own limbs. Ramft described in his treatise of a tradition in some parts of Germany that to prevent the dead from masticating, they placed a mound of dirt under their chin in the coffin, placed a piece of money and a stone in the mouth or tied a handkerchief tightly around the throat. In 1732, an anonymous writer, writing as the Dr. Weimar, 
discusses the non-putification of these creatures from a theological point of view. In 1733, Johann Christoph Herrenberg wrote a general treatise on vampirism and the Marquis de Argens also cites local cases with theologians and also clergymen addressing the topic as well. Some theological disputes arose. The non-decay of the vampire bodies could recall the incorruption of the bodies of the saints of the Catholic Church. A paragraph on vampires was included in the second edition, 1749, of De Severum Deit Beatification et Sanctorum Canonization. Sorry for the pronunciation. On the beatification of the servants of God and on the canonization of the blessed written by Prospero Lambertini or Pope Benedict XIV. In his opinion, while the incorruption of the bodies of saints was the effect of a divine intervention, all the phenomena attributed to vampires were purely natural or the fruit of imagination terror and fear in other words vampires did not exist dom augustine calmet a french theologian and also a scholar published a comprehensive treatise in 1751 titled treatise on the apparitions of spirits and on vampires or revenants which, despite the long book title, investigated the existence of vampires, demons and spectres. Calmet conducted extensive research and amassed judicial reports of vampiric incidents and extensively researched theological and also mythological accounts as well, using the scientific method in his analysis to come up with methods for determining the validity of our cases of this nature. Calmet also had numerous readers, including both a critical Voltaire and also numerous and very supportive demonologists who interpreted the treatise as claiming that vampires existed. The controversy in Austria only ceased when the Empress Maria Theresa of Austria sent out her own personal physician, Gerard van Sweeten, to investigate the claims of vampiric entities. He concluded that vampires did not exist, and so the Empress passed laws prohibiting the opening of graves and the desecration of bodies, this now sounding the end of the vampire epidemics. Other European countries followed suit. Despite this condemnation, the vampire lived on in both artistic works and local folklore. And that brings the end of part two. In part three, vampire beliefs across the world. <laughs>